Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. There is no greater truth than to know that your sins are forgiven. King David could write in Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity. Can you think of anything better? What about a long life? Wealth? Fame? We can have all of these and more, and yet at the end of it all, we still have to face God with sin on our souls and a life of transgressions that we are accountable for. We can only have a right relationship with God if, first, we recognize that the Almighty God sees us. Individually, we cannot hide from Him. We also need to realize that our sin is the root cause of all of our problems. Sin has separated us from a holy God, and we've heaped up a debt that we could never pay ourselves. In today's broadcast, Speaker Larry Perkins looks at our awful problem of sin and explains how God has taken care of the problem for us in the person of his own dear son. story that's one of my favorites. A story about a woman, and it has a great ending. Verse 36 of Luke chapter 7. And one of the Pharisees desired him, desired the Lord Jesus, that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. He sat down to a meal. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, that is, some perfumed oil that they used in that culture. And she stood at his feet behind him, behind the Lord Jesus, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. When the Pharisee who had bidden or invited him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor, a money lender, who had two debtors, The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said to him, you've rightly judged. And he, the Lord Jesus, turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she's washed my feet with tears and wiped them with a hair of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil, thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much. And the thought there seems to be, this is why she loved much. 
But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And he said to her, the Lord Jesus said to this woman, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at the meal with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgives sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Is it possible for a human being to have their sins forgiven? To know it for sure? But more pointedly, is it possible for you to know that? From the youngest here in the front to those throughout this auditorium. If it's not possible, and of course there are many that say that nobody can know in this life if their sins are forgiven or not. We have to wait till we stand before God. If that's true, if you can't know your sins forgiven, then we might as well burn our Bibles because it's not true. And not only this, but the Lord Jesus would then become likely one of the biggest impostors this world has ever known. Because he told a woman, he says, your sins are forgiven. And literally, it's your sins have been forgiven. Let me ask you, have your sins been forgiven? Now, this may not seem important to some as you sit in comfort in this auditorium, in this school, but I can't help but think at a time like this. What about 100 years from now? What about 200 years from now? Will it be important to you then? My friend, there is nothing more important in your life than having your sins forgiven. And the tremendous news of the gospel is this is not something that you have to jump through some hoops, religious or otherwise. There's not some high level you have to attain to, like so many think, to have their sins forgiven, to be right with God, to know for sure you're going to be in heaven. And it's amazing the religions of the world, the things that their adherents try to do to gain favor with God. They punish themselves. They go to tremendous lengths. There's people, even at Easter time in the Philippines, that allow themselves to be crucified for a few minutes. Nails to their hands and their feet, I don't remember. They hang there for a few minutes, thinking that they suffer enough. Surely, God will be willing to accept them. My friend, there's no amount of suffering that you can do. There's no amount of suffering God wants you to do. Because the once and for all suffering has been done. God sent His Son for this very purpose. Christ hath once suffered for sins. The just for the unjust. Him for us. Why? So He could bring us to God. Not just in eternity, but to bring us to God, bring us to a right relationship with himself, even in this life. It took me 25 years to start reading the Bible, and 25 years to find out that my biggest problem was my sin was separating me from the living God, the God that I was going to have to meet one day. You know, those problems in my life and the lack of satisfaction in the world that caused me to start reading the Bible in the first place. But like others... I found that the root cause of all my problems was my sin. It never used to be part of my vocabulary. It was part of my lifestyle, but not part of my vocabulary. I never thought about it until I started reading the Bible. Do you read the Bible? It amazes me that the God of this universe wants to communicate with people like you and me. Whether you're young, whether you're old, no matter where you were born, What kind of job you have? God loves you. And he's got good news for you, which is what the gospel means. And the bottom line is, 
He wants you to know for sure your sins are forgiven. And the good news of the gospel is you can know your sins are forgiven on that seat where you sit. You don't have to jump through anything because Lord Jesus Christ, God's son, came into this world to save sinners. Interesting, this woman that we read about here in Luke chapter 7. Here's the Lord Jesus with others. He's been invited to this man's house to have a meal. And it wouldn't surprise me. This man was very religious, a Pharisee. They were big on the externals, but most of them didn't see their need of the Lord Jesus because they were trusting in their their own goodness, their own righteousness. And I wonder if this man hadn't invited the Lord Jesus just so he could find some fault with them. But while they're having the meal, this woman comes in uninvited. And the word of God says, a woman in the city who was a sinner. And I wonder if the woman was known as, well, let me just say she didn't have the best reputation. She was a sinner. Any sinners in the audience? That was a word that also wasn't part of my vocabulary for many years. When I wasn't interested in God, when I didn't care about God, Jesus Christ was just a swear word to me. Oh, I knew about him. I heard he was born. I heard he died on the cross. But he was just a name. You see, I didn't think I needed a savior. Savior wasn't part of my vocabulary. I didn't realize I was a sinner. Oh, I knew there were things in my life that I should probably change. But, you know, I could look around and some of my friends, there's things they did I wouldn't do. And it took me 25 years to find out that before the God of heaven, I was a sinner. And my friend, it wasn't until I realized how God saw me that I saw my need for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I often tell people, when I started reading the Bible, then my problems really started. Because I realized God saw me, especially the opening chapters of Romans. God saw me in a way that nobody else did. And you know, you can hide things from people. You can try to hide things from yourself with drugs, alcohol, or whatever. We don't hide a thing from God. My friend, God knows you as you sit there tonight. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows everything about you. Nothing hidden. He knows everything you did today. Everything you said. Everything you thought. And not just today, but all the years of your life. It's all there. He knows it all. But my friend, he wants to forgive you from your sin. But God wants us to be honest. You know, there was a man here, this Pharisee, Simon. He wasn't honest. You know, he looked down his nose at this woman. This woman comes in. She's crying. Tears of joy. She has a love and appreciation for the Lord Jesus. We're not given the details, but... It's obvious from the context here that this woman has come to know him as her savior. And she appreciates him. And she's not concerned about anybody else there but Christ. She loves him. He's not just a name to her. Do you love the Lord Jesus tonight? Or maybe you're like I was for many years. Just a name. Because you've never seen yourself as a sinner. You've never seen that you need a savior. You've never understood that when Christ died on the cross, it was for a sinner like you. So this man, as he sees this woman in her devotion, her love for the Lord Jesus, she's weeping, tears of joy, washing the Lord's feet, kissing him and anointing him with that perfumed oil. He thinks to himself, hmm, this man, meaning Christ, if he was a prophet, he'd know who this woman is, what she's like, and he wouldn't allow her to touch him because she's a sinner. Well, he was right. 
about the fact that she was a sinner. But what he didn't realize was he was one too. And the sad thing is, at the end of the story, we find out this woman has had her sins forgiven. We don't read that about Simon the Pharisee. Or a religious man, maybe outwardly, you can hardly find a fault with him. And perhaps there's some here. Whether you go to school, whether you work in your neighborhood, maybe you're an outstanding person. That's tremendous. But the Bible makes it very clear. As God sees the seven or so billion people on this planet, he says there's no difference for all have sinned. There's no difference for all have sinned. My friend, you've come sure to God's standard. And so have I. So have we all. And we have a problem. Our sin disqualifies us from heaven because there is no sin there. This is where God lives. God is holy. And one of the tremendous things about heaven is there won't be any sin there. And you can't go there with your sin. Was the Lord Jesus telling the truth when he said to this woman, your sins are forgiven? I'm sure it must have astounded Simon the Pharisee. You know, it's interesting that the Lord Jesus tried to help this religious man, this self-righteous man with his problem. He told him the story about this man. Two people owed money to him. And I don't know how much that would be in today's currency, but just roughly, for purposes of illustration at least, it's like somebody owed the money you'd earn for two months, whatever that might be. One person owed that much, but the other person owed the money you might make in 20 months, or let's say two years. So one owed a tremendous amount, and the other owed a lesser. But then the Lord Jesus said, neither could pay. Neither of them could pay the debt they owed. They had nothing to pay. Nothing to pay. Why did the Lord Jesus tell that story? Well, I believe it's a little illustration of Simon the Pharisee and this woman. One thing sin brings is a debt. A debt to God. Just like if you commit a some kind of wrong in this country, whether it's a traffic violation or robbing a bank, there's a debt to pay, whether it's a fine or maybe 10 years in jail. And yet somehow we think we can, and I used to think this way, you know, as long as I don't hurt anybody or nobody finds out, uh, I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter because there are consequences for sin. We owe a debt to God we can never pay because God says the wages of sin is death. And that includes not just physical death, but separation from God forever. So here we have this story about this one man who owed a tremendous amount. Well, that's like the woman. She owed a great debt of sin to God. But then the one owed maybe what you would earn for two months. Much less. But the point is, in the story, the Lord said they had nothing to pay. Neither one of them could pay the debt they owed. And the point was that Simon the Pharisee, oh, maybe he hadn't sinned like this sinful woman. But he couldn't pay the debt he owed either. And my friend, you can't pay the debt you owe to God either. That's why the Lord Jesus came to do for you and me what we could never do for ourselves. What did he do? Well, what's the wages of sin? Death. And those tremendous words, Christ died for our sins. My friend, he took the penalty that we deserve, paying a debt that we could never pay, just so that somebody just like you could have forgiveness of sins. Does it mean anything to you? When I think that who God is, when I think of who the Lord Jesus is, the creator, the sustainer of the universe, the one that's keeping our hearts beating, he's given us food today, given us air to breathe, and yet he would love you and me enough 
to hang on a cross, nails through his hands and feet, up there for six hours. We're going to see him one day. Each one of us in this auditorium, we're going to see the Lord Jesus. I've never seen him with these eyes, neither of you. But one day we're going to see him. You're either going to see him as your judge or as your savior. I can hardly wait to see him. What's it going to be like? The one who bled and died to put away my sin. To see him, to be able to thank him. But oh, to see him as judge. On that sentencing day that we read about in Revelation chapter 20. When the books are opened, dead were judged out of those things that are written in the books. People that have died in their sins. Their body resurrected, their soul brought out of hell. Standing before the Lord Jesus in all his majesty and all his glory. This isn't to see if a person is guilty or innocent, like many think. This is sensing day. And we read that people whose names were not written in the book of life cast into the lake of fire. My friend, it's a reality. There are multitudes in hell right now that will give anything if they could sit on that seat where you're sitting and have an opportunity to be saved. But for them, it's too late. Their doom is sealed. My friend, God loves you. There's a verse in Hebrews that says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, so great a rescue? God wants to rescue you. He wants to take your sins away. And he's not asking you to do anything except be honest. Take God at his word. Guilty. And then just understand, again, from the word of God, Christ died for the guilty. Christ died for the ungodly. That's all I'm trusting in to get to heaven. Is that Jesus died for me. Is that enough? You know, there were people that day when they heard the Lord Jesus say that this woman's sins were forgiven. They about had a fit. Now, they don't say it out loud, but they said, who is this who even forgives sins? Now, maybe they'd seen miracles that he did. That was one thing. But who is this who even forgives sins? So the question is, can the Lord Jesus forgive sins? My friend, he can forgive sins because he's God. He can forgive sins because he paid for those sins on the cross. Did he pay for your sins? See, that's why it's so important to read the Bible. The reason I know my sins are forgiven isn't because of what my wife told me or this one or that one told me. It's because of what God says. I thought, you know, if we had lived in these days and you met this woman the next day walking down the street, you would have asked her, Ma'am, are your sins forgiven? What would she have said? I believe she would have said, Yes, they're forgiven. And if you said, Well, how do you know, ma'am? What would she have said? Because Jesus Christ told me. There are people all over the earth tonight. They know their sins are forgiven. Not because of some feeling. Not because of something they've done. But because of what Christ has said. This is just one thing he says. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. Beautiful words. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, as I got up in my 20s, not a Christian, I knew what a guilty conscience was. That's one reason I drank, did drugs. But I used to, from time to time, wish I could have a fresh start in life. I used to dream, like, if somehow the past could be blotted out, the guilty conscience, somehow blotted out, somehow, but then back to reality, I knew it wasn't possible. 
at least with my understanding. But I want to tell you, when I started reading the Bible, and when I found out that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin, it was like a dream come true. And it is true. My friend, you can have your sins forgiven tonight. God says, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. When it comes to our soul's salvation, we need to be honest with God. We need to stop hiding, stop pretending. Instead, we must own up to it before God. He is waiting to hear from you today. Tell Him that you are a sinner. He desires to show you how Jesus can forgive all of your sins through His payment for sin on the cross. Isn't that good news? We hope that you don't miss out on it today. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.